Hey guys, how are you? My name is Brian. I'm a part of One Voice Student Missions. Welcome to our Monday morning. Uh, we're so honored to be with you all online. One Voice is a missions movement that's been reaching students all across the country for the last decade. If you'd love to know more about who we are, visit www.ovsm.com. I want to jump into this morning. Um, when I was uh, just thinking about what to share this morning, um, one of the things that really uh, was profound is I've been watching news and um, I just got a TikTok and I'm, and I'm not too savvy on it. I don't know if you've had TikTok. Uh, but as I've been just scrolling through, whether it's TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, Fox News, CNN, whatever it is, whatever outlet of news that you're watching. I asked someone uh, earlier what uh, news outlet they follow, and they said Twitter. Thought it was awesome that the trending, uh, trending section. Um, but you know, when 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 I when I look at all these news outlets, uh, this phrase came to me, and it's "What you say matters." And I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a 90s baby, and I feel like back when I was growing up, there were certain things that you could say, and it didn't have the same ramifications as it does today, as typically your voice would only uh, be shared with your friends. Now, with social media, with phones, what you say could be amplified to thousands, if not millions of people, and have uh, either life that it brings, or it could bring actual death to people's life. And I wanna, I'm going to be preaching for these next weeks uh, on, on, on this verse that I'm going to share in, in 1 Timothy 4. And, but I'm going to break down the first part with you this morning. But before I do, I want to just kind of set the stage uh, as to how powerful our words and what we say are, both on the earthly realm and the eternal realm. Uh, we got to understand that we cannot speak things in this season that's going to hinder the gospel going forth in the next season. Uh, when I did a Zoom, I did a Zoom with uh, Bill Johnson uh, maybe a week or two ago, and he was saying that people need to realize that what they're sharing on social media is actually seeds they're planting, and they will eat of the fruit of it. I can't tell you how many posts I've written or text messages I've written that I've deleted because I actually sat there and thought, man, this is in no way going to bring life. It's simply my opinion I want to share, but it's, it doesn't bring life or it doesn't edify anybody. And I don't know if you've actually, if I've actually ever looked at the amount of communication that happens today, but I just looked this up. I don't know if you knew this, but 500 million tweets are sent a day. I don't know if anybody, you guys are Twitter users, uh, Twitter fans. If you like Twitter, I feel like Twitter's getting more popular now um, than it ever has. But 500 million tweets a day. Just to break it down for you, that is 6,000 tweets a second. That's insane. Um, there has been um, 95 million photos and videos shared on Instagram per day. I mean, this is insanity. Over 40 billion photos and videos have been shared on Instagram's platform since its conception. When you think we are in a generation that loves communication, we love to share now moments of our lives. When Instagram came out, I mean, it was very much, uh, you guys might have seen kind of the trend. It went from, you know, sharing these random moments because no one really knew how to use Instagram. And then you kind of had people that were using the filters, kind of at that wave. And then it all became about no filters. Let it be raw and real. There's been these different stages of wanting to display our lives and communicate. But one thing's true throughout the entire history of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter is that you could see there's a longing for people to speak. There's a longing for people to share. There's a longing for people to share both the good moments. And now we're seeing more than ever people share their moments of pain. There's been 10 billion messages that are sent on Facebook each day. And what I've gathered from all of this is people have a lot to say. And people are talking like never before. This generation is very connected. And what you see nowadays more than ever is you see people 
sharing opinions of what's going on without actually thinking of the consequences. You have, I mean, I, again, I can't tell you how many times. I, the other day I went to a restaurant and, and um, you know, we, with social distancing and masks, we sat down and I was, I'm not going to lie to you, I was a little bit upset because I had to sit on another table from my family, literally right next to it. And I grabbed my phone and I was going to do, you know, thank you CDC for these amazing rules. And I, I thought about posting it. And I'm like, I'm going to send this out. And I'm like, you know what? There's nothing edifying about this. It is purely sarcastic. There's nothing that this is going to bring unity. There's nothing that's going to bring unity to the body of Christ from this post. I deleted it and I did not share it. Why do I say that? I believe as believers, there needs to be filters on the things that we share if they're not edifying and bringing life. I'm not saying you don't speak truth to injustice. I'm not saying there's not moments that we share what God puts on our heart for the wrong things that are going on in, in, in the earth. But what I do believe is there's sometimes that we just share things that are absolutely unnecessary. There's sometimes that we just got an opinion on our mind or something that we're thinking and we're like, man, I'm just gonna share this. I don't know if you've, if you've ever done that in person with someone, but you're maybe at a dinner table and you're speaking and you're just like, I'm just gonna just say what I think right now. You probably have known people like that. And although it could be a very powerful tool to, to, to speak truth, man. But when you accompany truth with wisdom and you understand that multiple people could be affected by what you say, it allows you to have a gospel perspective. It allows you to begin to realize that the example you must set in your speech is very important. We must, we must remember this, that our mouthpiece ultimately reflects God. And a generation will never get to know his heart if we misrepresent him with our words. And I want to say that again, a generation may never get to know the heart of Jesus if we as believers misrepresent him with our words. First Timothy, this is what I wanted to share with you this morning. First Timothy 4.12, it says, let no one look down on you or on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. I want to break down this first part this morning. I want to talk to you about your speech. And I love the way that, that, that this is written because you see this last portion. It says, show yourself an example of those who believe, not to those who believe. The example we're to set for people, or we're, we're to set such an example in the lives that we live and how we speak that the unbeliever would be provoked to know this God that we serve. Now, have I failed in that? Absolutely. Have you watching probably failed? Absolutely. I'm pretty sure I'd get some amens in here if I asked, is there anybody in the room who's failed in that? Most of us have dropped the ball. Most of us have said things we regret. Most of us have had speech come out of us that we wish we wouldn't have said. Most of us, when we're angry, it's funny, when there's actually scientifically proven that when you're angry, you become stupid. When you're angry, you, there's, this, there's this part of your brain that no longer functions, and you start doing things that you wouldn't have done, saying things you wouldn't have said, and this happens so many times. But man, this is where we must be led by the Spirit and not the flesh. It says, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech. And I love that he opens up with speech because typically this is what trips us up the most. Now, when I look at this verses in the Bible that talks about out of our mouth speaks the abundance of the heart, I, re I realize one thing, that whether you're scrolling on Twitter, Instagram, text message threads, conversations at home, whatever it is, what you are hearing and what you are saying 
stems from one place, and it's not your mouth, it's from your heart. There is a battle for the hearts of, gener of a generation today, and I even feel greater. There is a battle for the hearts of believers. I have witnessed in this last six months things I have never witnessed before. I have, it's, it's almost like there's this great divide coming in the nation, as if there wasn't already division the last four years. There's not only political division, you have division now on the coronavirus. Are you for the mass? Are you against the mass? Are you for social distancing against it? Now there's division in race. Now there's division in how we should address the race issues. If you notice, there's different tactics that people are trying. There's things that have been saying like defunding the police. There's people that think we need more police reform. There's people that think we need to bring down statues and flags. There's so many opinions. And it's kind of like all these things are swirling around the country, right? But what I'm noticing is, is any of this fully bringing healing to the hearts of people? You know, I think, man, I could sit here and share what I think we should do or how I think police reform should happen. I have two uncles that are police officers and speaking with one of them is African-American, speaking with him as to his perspective of what's going on and, and him acknowledging there is real injustice that goes on. I mean, it's just crazy. You see all these opinions and all these people speaking, but the greatest battle is happening right now for our hearts. The greatest battle right now, it's crazy. The Bible says that if the days in the end weren't shorn, even the elect would be deceived. And I want you to understand, if you're a believer that is watching right now, you are not off the table for deception. Just because you've read your Bible in the past and just because you know some worship songs and you've gone to church, it doesn't mean you are exempt from deception. It doesn't mean that me preaching here is exempt from biting and falling into the, the trap and the lie of becoming hateful within my own heart. There is a constant needing of Jesus every single day. And the greatest battle right now is for our hearts. The greatest battle is that we would remain sound and unoffended. Because that is what's needed right now more than ever. Sound voices who are not offended, who understand the injustices of the earth. Who understand the, the, the things that are, going, that are going wrong in the earth. Like I heard this saying from this powerful woman. She said, you see this great divide, you know, amongst Republicans and Democrats. And I'm not going to get political, but I want to share this. She said, you have Republicans who, who really emphasize on life inside the womb. I mean, you know, we, they're against abortion. They're, you know, you for life in the womb, but outside of the womb, they don't really care much. You, you don't really see the, the maybe, maybe in, in, in her opinion, you don't really see the Republican party so much, in, in, you know, standing up for immigration or whatever it is. And then you kind of got the other spectrum where you have, you know, the Democrats who are, who are not so much maybe for life in the womb. It's kind of the woman's choice, but outside. And I love what she said. She says, I want to be a believer that is pro-life. I am pro-life from the womb to the tomb. And I believe this is what Jesus is raising sound voices that care about life all the way through. That we care about people that look different than us, that talk different than us. I mean, I love Jesus. When you look at his life, this, he went to these types of people. And this is not some cliche saying that we just want to say to make it seem like, hey, like Jesus went to, he literally went to people that didn't look like him, didn't sound like him, people he wasn't even supposed to associate with. He was with those people, but his message was never compromised. His heart was never angry and his words were never unjust. He truly spoke truth. Now, how do we remain unoffended? How do we remain pure at heart and forgiving? How do we remain and keep our heart in a place where our words pour nothing but life? And I want to read you a very powerful prayer here. Very powerful prayer. It's found in Matthew 6 verse 9. I want to read this to you. 
says, pray then in this way. This is Jesus talking, right? Red letters here. You ready? Pray then in this way. Our Father. Pray this with me. If you're, if you're, if you're watching, pray. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we hold on forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors what if you ask Jesus to forgive you like you forgive people I heard this. It's powerful. What if you told Jesus, Jesus, I want you to forgive me the exact same way that I forgive other people. I want you to have mercy on me the exact same way I have mercy on other people. You know what's going to happen? There's going to be a lot more calls you're going to be making. There's going to be a lot more things you're going to be forgiving people for. Because when you realize that the same standard that you put on other people will be used on you, it all of a sudden creates a different understanding of forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the most powerful tools that this generation is lacking today. The hypocrisy that is found in this generation is that we point the finger at people for doing the very same things that we've done. Can I get an amen in your houses, in your cars, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube? That is the great hypocrisy of our generation, that we no longer extend the same forgiveness that was given to us. The Bible, I love this. The Bible says, this is my last verse as I'm closing this morning. The Bible says that the attribute of those who are sons, I'm going to invite our, our worship team up. The, 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 the Bible says the attribute of, 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 of sons of God, daughters of God too, right? Both children of God. The attribute is this one word. You are going to be a peacemaker. It says here in Matthew 5, verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What does that mean? That means in a culture that is raging against one another, in a society that is broken, do we have a broken society? Yes. Do we have broken systems in our country? Do we have broken systems in the nations? Yes. 100%. Agree with that. But guess what? Bible gives us a simple instruction. It actually calls us blessed when we come into situations and we make peace. We come into situations that are wild and we make peace. We come into situations that aren't fair, and we make peace. What you say matters. What you speak matters. Can I tell you something? There is enough division in our country. The last thing that we need is more of it. The last thing that we need in this country is more division. What we need is a united church. We need voices that'll say, man, I want to stand for truth. I want to stand for truth. I want to speak 
from this. I want this to be well. I want to pray for you. Here's what I want to pray this morning. I'm going to pray a prayer of repentance. And where you're at, if you've battled, if you've struggled, if your tongue is hard to control, and know that you're in good company. The Bible talks about that. Who can tame the tongue? I mean, you can tame so many things. A ship is steered with a small little rudder, and you know, these animals are, are tame, but who can tame the tongue? You know that a tame tongue is one that is under the submission of the Holy Spirit, and that you would learn to speak with wisdom, that you would learn to speak truth in love. I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Forgive me if my mouth and my tongue and my words have not brought life to situations. Forgive me for speaking opinion and not truth. Forgive me for being quick to speak and slow to listen. Guide my speech and let that be a witness to the world of who you are in me. In Jesus' name, amen.